Welcome to Ales and Strange Tales Season 3. We are your hosts, Chris Moyers, and I'm Dan Stickney. And if you don't know by now, we like to have a few beers and share tales of the supernatural, paranormal, and just plain strange. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and dive into the strange with us. Welcome back to Ales and Strange Tales Season 3. How are you, Daniel? I'm doing alright. How was your Christmas? Christmas is okay. <laughs> I got some computer accessories. Ooh. What did you get? Well, a Justin Fields jersey. He told me a Fields jersey. I thought it was like a special like field football jersey. <laughs> I don't know anything. You don't know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> the Bears quarterback. Bears for those quarterback. Who don't know. Yeah. We finally got one. If they're listening to this. Even though they suck ass this year. They probably don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'm drinking the same shit I had last week because I Lazy didn't finish them. And I had to finish them. Like I said before, I'm not a big beer drinker normally. Only here and at the bar every week. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Dan? Um, I got a different one that I never had. That was 90s as hell. What is yeah, the, a lot of purplish, orange, yellow... Black, a lot of weird shit going on here. Yeah. Brickstone. Oh, excuse me. Um. What's it, what the fuck? Oh, permanent vacation. Dude, isn't it a '90s Aerosmith album? Yeah. I know it's an Aerosmith album. I don't, I don't know, know if it's '90s. So I don't think it's '90s. I could be wrong. But it's a IPA, I believe. Yeah, Citra IPA. Oh damn. Yeah, it's really, really tasty. I've had other beers from these guys. And they're out of Bourbonnais, Illinois. Oh, local again. Wow. Yeah. Six percenter. The Bears used to practice there, but not anymore. Well, feel free to leave those because I would love to try one. These are the only two I brought, so. Son of a bitch. I left that whole other uh, four beers last time. They're still in there. Yeah, but is it cool 90s pastel looking colored? <laughs> no. Cans? <laughs> This well, shit's pretty good, though. Today, we have a very special episode. It is the Cryptid, cryptid. Special! <laughs> Guess why we have a Cryptid Special? Because our viewers, <laughs> or listeners, I should say, will not send us stories. Yep, we're pretty much running out here. Yeah, so please get some stories in so yeah, we, got we can continue the podcast. Two episodes left of this season, I believe. Well, oh, yeah. do you know what? I'd still have that dude's number from the bar that we went to when we went with Megan, and that's... Fucking oh, yeah, crazy that, dude. Yeah, I forgot about number. that guy. We can get his fucking stories if we want to contact him. Yeah. So we might have to do that. Anyway, I have two cryptids I'm going to touch on. They are some of the dumbest looking cryptids I've ever seen in my life. That's why I'm going to cover them. One is the, the Loveland Frog out of Loveland, Ohio. We're going to put the picture in the show notes. It looks like someone did this on Photoshop uh, that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> So we're going to do that, and then I'm also going to do, what was it, the Ninjin out of the sub-Antarctic. It looks like, uh, what does it look like? It looks like a marshmallow with legs. <laughs> kind of. A cotton ball with legs. Yeah, cotton ball with legs. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully Dan's got some good ones he's going to cover tonight. Well, I'm going with the uh, Wendigo. 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 I don't know how you say it. I guess. Whatever. I'm gonna go with Wendigo. You go with whatever. Wendigo. You think it is. Wendigo. 
like flesh eater of the forest. That sounds interesting. And um, if we got time, uh, these weird things called atmospheric beasts. I'm very excited to hear about that because I don't know what the fuck that it's is. It's kind of new to me, but apparently there've been like sightings since the 18 late 1800s. Really? Something like that. Very strange fucking things. It sounds strange. I'm excited about that. Um, should we just hop into it? Do we have anything to tell the listeners? No. We have one thing. <laughs> Send us stories at alesandstrangetales.com. <laughs> well, shit. Alesandstrangetales at gmail.com. G. What the fuck? Get that gmail in there. Well, let's hop into the Loveland Frog <laughs> out of Loveland, Ohio. In Ohio folklore, the Loveland Frog, also known as the Loveland Frogman or Loveland Lizard, is a legendary humanoid frog described as standing roughly four feet tall, allegedly spied in Loveland, Ohio. In 1972, the Loveland Frog legend gained renewed attention when a Loveland police officer reported to a colleague that he had seen an animal consistent with the descriptions of the frogman. After a reported sighting in 2016, the second officer called a news station to report that he had shot and killed the same creature some weeks after the 1972 incident and had identified it as a large iguana that was missing his tail. That's not interesting. But where's the body? Yeah, what's up, man? (laughs) University of Cincinnati folklore professor Edgar... Slotkin compared to Loveland Frog to Paul Bunyan. <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> Saying that the stories about it have been passed down for several decades and that sighting reports seem to come in predictable cycles. In May 2014, the Loveland Frog legend was made into a musical titled what? Hot Damn is the Loveland Frog. Hot Damn! Really fucking weird. <laughs> Let's get into the legend of it. According to various legends, the creature was first sighted by a businessman or traveling salesman driving along the un- an unnamed road late at night in 1955. With some versions of the story specifying the month of May, why does anyone need to know that? <laughs> in one story, the driver was heading out of the Branch Hill neighborhood when he spotted three figures stood erect on their hind legs along the side of the road, each three to four feet in height, with leathery skin and frog faces. In other versions of the story, the creatures were spotted under or over a poorly lit, poorly lit bridge, and one held a wand over its head that fired a spray of sparks. <laughs> Magical frog yeah, man. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Here's some police reports. On March 3rd, 1972, at 1 a.m., Loveland police officer Ray Shockey was driving on Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory and the Little Miami River when an unidentified animal scurried across the road in front of his vehicle. The animal was fully illuminated in his vehicle's headlights, and he described it as 3 to 4 feet long and about 50 to 75 pounds with leathery skin. He reported spotting the animal crouched like a frog before it momentarily stood erect to climb over the guardrail and back down towards the river. Two weeks after the incident, a second Loveland police officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched along the road in the same vicinity as Shockey's sighting. Matthew shot the animal for some unknown reason, <laughs> recovered the body, and put it in his truck, put it in his trunk to show Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, it was a large iguana about 3 to 3.5 feet long, 
and he didn't immediately recognize it because it was missing its tail. Matthew speculated the iguana had been someone's pet that either got loose or was released when it grew too large. According to Matthews, Shockey was shown the dead iguana and confirmed it was the animal he had seen two weeks previously. Matthews recounted the incident to an author of a book about urban legends, but says the author omitted the part that confirmed that the creature was an iguana rather than the frogman. Matthews also recounted the frogman story in 2016 on WCPO Channel 9. So that ruins the mystique of yeah, the frogman. Ain't no frogman, just a giant lizard. I like to believe it is. <laughs> You're going to put the picture in, of it in the show notes. Yeah. you got to see this picture. That's why I did it, just so you guys can see the picture. <laughs> it's awesome. Well, that's one cryptid. Dan, uh, hopefully you got a better one for Iguana us. Iguana man. <laughs> well, I'm going to start off with the old Wendigo. 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 I think it's Wendigo, but I don't know. <laughs> um, in Minnesota, Northwoods, the forests of the Great Lake region and the central regions of Canada are said to live a malevolent being called a Wendigo. This creature may appear as a monster with some human characteristics or as a spirit who has possessed a human being and made them monstrous. It is historically associated with cannibalism, murder, insatiable greed, and cultural taboos against such behaviors. Known by several names, Windigo, Wittigo, Wittico, and Wee-Tigo. Yeah, each roughly translates to the evil spirit that devours mankind. Um, I actually watched a movie this past weekend or something called Antlers. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It was pretty good. And basically... It's about the Wendigo? Yeah. Some guy gets kind of possessed by it and turns into it. Just about turns one of his kids into it. It's pretty good. I don't want to spoil it. I might have to watch that. I recommend it. I will watch it then. Uh, This creature has long been known among the Algonquin Ojibwe. Sorry if I butcher these native names. (laughs) Eastern Cree. uh, Salto. West Main Swampy Cree, Nescapi, and Innu peoples. They have described them as giants, many times larger than human beings. Although descriptions can vary somewhat, common to all these cultures is the view that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being strongly associated with winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Uh, the Algonquin legend describes the creature as a giant with a heart of ice. Wow. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. I did actually, I watched the, I don't know what, if you know Supernatural, that show on WB. I've never watched it, but I know of it. <laughs> that was the first time I've heard of it. Some crazy... Well, Wendigo goes around and eat people and whatnot. The Ojibwa describe it. It was a large creature as tall as a tree with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was a strange hiss, its footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. And those were the lucky ones. 
Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a person instead, and then the luckless individual became a, a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting upon their flesh. According to the legends, a Wendigo is created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism to survive. In the past, this occurred more often when Indians and settlers found themselves stranded in the bitter snows and ice of the North Woods. Sometimes stranded for days, survivors might have felt compelled to cannibalize the dead to survive. Other versions of the legend cite that a Wendigo might also possess humans who displayed extreme greed, gluttony, and excess. Thus, the myth served as a method of encouraging cooperation and moderation. Um, there's like a lot of shit here. <laughs> <laughs> Native American versions of the creature spoke of a gigantic spirit over 15 feet tall that had once been human but had been transformed into a creature by magic. Though the descriptions of the creature vary slightly, the Wendigo is generally said to have glowing eyes, long yellowed fangs, terrible claws, and overly long tongues. Sometimes they are described as having sallow, yellow-ish skin, and other times they are covered with matted hair. The creature is said to have several skills and powers, including stealth, is a near-perfect hunter, knows and uses every inch of its territory, and controlled weather through dark magic. Hmm, that's a new one. Yeah, wow. They're also portrayed as simultaneously gluttonous and emaciated from starvation. Wendigos are said to be cursed to wander the land eternally seeking to fulfill their voracious appetite for human flesh, and if there is nothing left to eat, it starves to death. I can see why they wrote a movie about <laughs> it. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. There's like so much more of this like who got like a whole page of this description but we'll leave it at that I got that off of uh, Legends of America um, no author I don't know but I'll, I'll put the link up there if you want to check it out there's a drawing of one yeah definitely put that in the show notes pretty cool drawing I feel like I've seen it before does it look familiar yeah it does wow yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen that that's cool yeah very cool. Well, I got another really fucking stupid cryptid to cover. <laughs> this is the cotton ball with legs. <laughs> called the Ninjin. Ninjin. From the sub-Antarctic. Oh, let's get into that. Definitely have to put a picture of this in the show notes. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, in modern Japanese folklore, since the mid-2000s, the Ninjin is an aquatic humanoid whale-like creature supposedly inhabiting the sub-Antarctic oceans. It was invented by Japanese internet users. Son of a bitch. All mine are already disproven. Invented right by the internet users. I didn't see that part. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I learned this artist's impression that you know, of what he drew with the ninja. It doesn't look fucking whale-like. No, not at all. He's got some dude-ass legs and a cotton ball, and he looks pretty upset. Maybe the head of the whale? I don't know. I guess yeah, that makes sense. Let's get into the history of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the legend surrounding the Ninjin began in 2012 on a forum post on the Japanese online forum website 2Channel, which claims that the members of a whale research ship 
witnessed the creature as it surfaced near the ship off the Antarctic coast. Originally thinking it was a submarine, the crew went to take a closer look, but the submarine vanished into the waves. Excuse me. In 2005, Google Earth captured what many people supposed to be a ninja near the Southern Ocean. Many skeptics believe that the ninja was actually an iceberg that coincidentally looked like the sea monster. In 2010, a Japanese chemical research company published a YouTube video showing the ocean life that they observed. Near the end of the video, a large creature with small eyes and a large, smiling, slit-like mouth can be spotted lying on the ocean floor. Though most people think that the infamous ninja was spotted, some people say that it's most likely a snaggletooth snake eel. Never heard of that. Snaggletooth snake eel. Those are really good, by the way. I had one for dinner the other week. Damn! (laughs) Sometime around the 2010s, an unknown user posted underwater footage depicting, depicting a large humanoid. Sometime around the 2010s, an unknown user posted underwater footage depicting a large humanoid sea creature, which many believe to be the ninja. Description of it: The ninja is described as a whale-like creature that has the anat- anatomical similarities to humans. The creature has a face, and in some stories it is said to have extremely large limbs and or arms and hands about 20 to 30 meters, which is 65 to 100 feet long. The pigmentation of this creature is said to be pale blue. The creature has a large slit-like mouth and either small or large gaping eyes. So that's another bullshit one, but the picture, you can't pass it. You know, like, they say it's pale blue, and that just made me think of another cryptid pale crawlers that I've, I've heard of. And it looks basically like the picture. Just legs. You can find it, I think, on... There's a YouTube video. I probably saw it on uh, that one fucking show. They show all the fucking paranormal caught on camera. Oh, yeah. It's, it's basically just legs walking across, like, a park or something. It's fucking weird as fuck. What's it called again? Uh, pale crawlers, I think. Pale crawlers? Hmm. See on my list, but I'm definitely gonna look that up myself. Something crawler, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, look that up, people, because we're not putting the show notes because we didn't cover it. <laughs> All right, we got some more time. What other one do you got for us today? All right, atmospheric beasts. Yeah, this is gonna be awesome. Um, there's no, f- I don't think there's really any photos here, so I'll find a. I know there's videos of these things. I could draw one up if you'd like. Probably. <laughs> there's some drawings, but I'm pretty sure I could find a video on fucking uh, YouTube or something. But anyway, uh, atmospheric beasts are the strangest of the flying monsters from ufology, crypt- cryptozoology, and astrobiology. According to eyewitness reports, these beings are apparently living creatures, but they break all the usual rules that the biologists apply to living organisms. They appear to be. They appear to be. They appear to be. Oh. They appear to being able to levitate without any need for wings, as well as their bodies are even depicted on a semi-solid, often partially invisible state 
There's different kinds. Uh, you got atmospheric jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. Basically, like weird jellies that are in the sky. And sky serpents. Um, sightings. Many atmospheric beast sightings were originally classified as highly unusual UFO reports in the sense of UFOs being defined as supposed alien spacecraft or machines of some other sort, not in the technical sense of being unidentified flying objects. Noted Bigfoot author Ivan T. Sanderson devoted an entire book to the theory that many UFOs are actually extremely low-density animals native to the clouds. (laughs) That's very interesting. Wow, I never even thought of that. Yeah, wow. One of the most famous atmospheric beasts is the Crawfordsville monster sighted in Indiana in 1891, which some researchers classify as a dragon. (laughs) One policeman described an encounter with this creature that had supposedly happened while bicycling. The thing felt like a soft blanket, so apparently he felt it. The thing felt like a soft blanket and smelled like mildew. After it rubbed against him, it floated away. (laughs) That's weird. It was one of the most terrifying experiences he ever ever had. He was convinced that the thing was a living creature. It's probably some plastic bag fucking flying around. <laughs> probably, right? <laughs> In the Shet- Shetland, not shit, Shetland <laughs> Islands, atmos- atmospheric beasts are known as it, 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 and are thought to be cloud animals of some sort. Just as the sea has its own life, that is often hidden from view. It is thought that the clouds form a vast atmospheric sea far above us and that it is merely an animal that is native to the clouds. Those who report being physically touched by atmospheric beasts often say they felt as if they were being licked by an <laughs> enormously soft tongue. <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome. Um, description, I guess. Well, this is a description. I thought they just <laughs> For those who believe atmospheric beasts are very fragile and lightweight creatures who are either native to Earth or are aliens that come from elsewhere. If the latter view is taken, then atmospheric beasts are sometimes thought to have originated in the atmosphere of some other planet, but they can also be thought of as originating in interstellar gas clouds so that they are, in effect, aliens without a native planet able to swim through space. Believers generally consider atmospheric beasts to be non-sapient so that even if these creatures did originate somewhere other than Earth, they still don't count as sapient extraterrestrials. They're just animals. Um, there's something about their death. <laughs> it is often... <laughs> Speculated that when atmospheric beasts die, they fall to Earth as a gelatinous mass that maybe resemble a green, purple, gray, or iridescent jelly that evaporates into nothing within minutes, hours, or at least, or the longest, a few days. This is supposed to explain a type of anomalous event. What the fuck? Pewter say, I don't know. PWDRE. I don't know. I don't know what that is, but that puzzled scientists <laughs> for some time before they decided that pewter sir <laughs> did not exist. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know if that's a typo or what the hell is going on there. P 
Pewter Sure is Welsh. Oh, it's a Welsh. <laughs> there you go. Pewter Sure is Welsh for rot from the stars. Wow, that is a cool yeah. little phrase there. That's a new band name right there. Yeah, huh? it is. Pewter Sure. This phenomena is also known as gelatinous meteorites or star jelly, and reports of it come from around the world, not just from Wales. Gelatinous meteorites are not always connected with the atmospheric beast theory. They are actually easier to find among collections of Fortana that include reports of many different odd things falling from the sky. So gelatinous meteorites are real. That is really wild. Uh, pretty much it. You know, that's that's a good gist. I'll put the link if you want to read any more. But those things are pretty weird. And I'll try to find a YouTube video. I, I know I've seen something like a fucking squid or jellyfish flying in the fucking sky. Whether it's real or not, still. You said you saw it? No, no. Oh. Like on YouTube or something. Oh, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's still fun to watch. That cool to look fun. at. But yeah, it's just it's fucking strange shit right there. Very strange. Thank you, Dan. Well, we got more time. I find another really fucking stupid cryptid we're going to cover here. And it is out of Germany. Yeah. It's called the Walpertingen. Wait, what? Walpertinger. 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 That's exactly how to say it. <laughs> In German folklore, a Walpertinger, also called Walpertinger or Walpertinger, <laughs> I don't know how I did that, is an animal said to inhabit the alpine forests of Bavaria and Baden-Württemberg in southern Germany. It is a body comprising various animal parts, generally generally wings, antlers, a tail, and fangs, all attached to the body of a small mammal. Weird. The most widespread description portrays the Walpertinger <laughs> as having the head of a rabbit, the body of a squirrel, the antlers of a deer, and the wings, and occasionally the legs of a pheasant. Oh, that's fucking weird. Stuffed <laughs> wobbletingers composed of parts of actual stuffed animals are often displayed in inns or sold to tourists as souvenirs in the animal's native regions. The Duchess Jagged und Fischer Museum <laughs> in Munich. I'm pretty sure I got that. I think so. Germany, in Munich, Germany, features a permanent exhibit on the creature. It resembles other creatures from German folklore, such as the Rosselbach and Rosselbach. Uh, the Thuringian Thuringian Forest of the Thuringian oh. Thuringian Forest, and the Dil, Dildap of the Dildap. Almanic region and the <laughs> Elwindrich. I am very bad at <laughs> of the Palatine region. Which accounts describe as a chicken-like creature with antlers. Additionally, the American jackalope. Jackalope, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> as well as the Swedish excavator. Excavator. God, I suck. Scavator. Scavator. Somewhat resembles the Wappeltinger. The Austrian counterpart of the Wappeltinger is the Rarock. Rarock. Rar, rar, <laughs> rar, I, dude, this is fucking rar, 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 rarockle, rarockle. <laughs> According to folklore, 
Wapple tingers can be Wapple tinger <laughs> can be found in the forests of Bavaria. Variant regional spellings of the name. I'm not even getting into those fucking things. <laughs> they are part of the larger family of horned mammals that exist throughout the Germanic regions of Europe, such as the Austrian Austrian rock 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 which is nearly identical to the German Wappeltinger. That's all on that. And they got a picture of a bunny with some wings and some fucking antlers we're going to put in there for you. So that's awesome. Wappeltinger! That's going to be in my head all day now, you bullshit. So that concludes our very interesting and intriguing cryptid episode. Cryptid episode. Cryptid Episode. Episode. No, 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 no. <laughs> and that's about 30 minutes there. Right on, brother. So hopefully next week we'll have some stories. We don't know how that's going to happen. Hopefully we'll, I think we're going to have a guest soon. We might have two a of them. Very special guest, two of them. As long as your other computer works. Yes. Fuck, yeah, I got to get that worked gotta out. Test it out, you know. So we'll have that hopefully for you next week. Oh, yeah, next week I'll be gone but it'll be the next week. for them next week mm. where the hell are you going wisconsin for to see my mother oh <laughs> i think you're gonna do something from the burbs there my mother the my mother the doctor <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> well that sums up for this one this is chris dan cheers cheers <laughs> <laughs>